The last thing we were discussing was, Rabbi Meir said, in regards to someone stealing a slave, he does not have to pay whatever it was at the time of the theft, rather, he just pay, he just gives it to him as is, and says, And the Rav said, The reason is because his Mishnah was the opposite, where Hachamim said, and he had, to, uh, and the reason he had to switch it because there was two bright taught that said that Hachamim held land are like slaves. So to him it was uh, Rabbanan who said this, but he said to Hachamim, listen, according to you, uh, the, the halacha would be like Hachamim that by slaves you say Harishel Chalifanecha because they are like land. And with that, we're going to start Sadizayin Amud Aleph, first word on the page. Did Rav really say that a slave is like land? Someone stole his friend's slave and he worked with him, Patur. He does not have to pay for it. Now, if you hold a slave is like land, why should he be patur? The slave is in his master's uh, hands. It's in his possession. And it's like you're working in your friend's land. At least uh, you got to pay for whatever benefit you had. So the Gemara explains, No, we're talking over here where he stole the slave at the time where the slave wasn't working. It's like what Rabbi Abba sent to Mori Bar Mor. If someone lived in his friend's yard without his permission, do you have to pay him for it or not? And and the response was that you don't have to pay for anything. You're you're patur because the guy didn't lose anything. So same thing over here. The guy took a slave that wasn't working. You worked with him a little bit. So you don't have to pay. But the Gemara asks, what are you comparing? How are you comparing the slave to the yard? I understand in the case of the yard where someone lived there without permission... There's two reasons to exempt a person from paying. According to the rabbi who holds that the reason to exempt someone who lived in his friend's yard or his friend's house without permission, the reason to be exempt is because a house that has people living in it is taken care of. It stays livable. When no one's living in the house, it starts to destruct. So I understand the nihale. It's good for the owner of the house that someone's living there. The guy's taking care of the house. And according to the rabbi who exempts, because when there's only living in the house, that's when the shia comes. That's when the shedim come and things like that. Okay, I, I understand why a person would be happy with someone living there. But in the case of the slave, does a person really want that his slave is going to be weakened by working by someone else? A person's happy that his slave doesn't become rusty. He doesn't weaken. When the slave doesn't work for a while, he becomes weak. He becomes used to not working. So it's a good thing for him to have the the slave work. In the yeshiva or the house of Rav Yosef Bar they would take slaves from people who owed them money, and they would make them work. 
told him, Rabbi, why would you do that? You know, there's a problem with Ribit here. The guy owes you a certain amount. You're taking that certain amount plus have his slave work for you. So Rabbi Yosef Bahamad told him, the Amar of Nahman, I hold like what Rabbi Nahman said, Abdani Hom Kerese La Shave. These are slaves, they're not even worth the bread they eat, meaning they don't work. Amar de Emma de Amar of Nahman, Kigondaru Abde, Dimlaked Bekube. Rabbi said, Yeah, but that's maybe when Rabbi Nahman said that rule, that was in regards to Daru the slave. This guy likes to dance in a whole bunch of bars. He didn't listen to his master, didn't do any work. Okay, in that type of case, uh, you, you, you made him work, great. Most slaves, they work, right? So uh, when you take them away from their master, they're losing. So Rabbi Yosef Barham said, I hold the Krav Daniel. What happened? I hold it. If you take your friend's slave and you work with him, you don't have to pay. Why? Because it's good for the owner that his slave is not getting rusty. So he told him, Rabbi told him, that's only when the, the slave owner doesn't owe you any money. But Rabbi, since people owe you money, it looks like Rabbi. Even though we said if some of them is in someone's yard without permission, he does not have to pay for it. Still, if you lent out your friend money and then you went and lived in his yard without permission, you have to pay him. There's an issue, it looks like a beat. And Amar Leh had Rebbe, so Yosef said, you know what, you're right, I go back on my word, I change my mind. Now, Tosafot explains that the issue by lending him things out, right, it looks like Rebbe, but that only becomes an issue on things that everybody know about. If it's small things or things that you would lend them out anyways, it's a neighbor, you, let, you, you lend them out a book or something, that's something small like that, that's not a problem. Number two, Tosfot also explains, it also depends on their relationship. If they had a close relationship where he would lend them out his house for the weekend for free, even before the whole loan, then he's allowed to continue doing that after the loan. The Gemara was only talking about regular people with regular relationships. Interesting uh, Tosfot to look into. Now, the Gemara continues, Itmar. It was said, Someone stole his friend's boat and worked with it. Rav said, you could either pay for whatever you benefited, as if you rented it, or you pay whatever it went down in value. Shmuel says, you only pay for what it went down in value. And Rav and Shmuel are not arguing. If the boat is rentable, so then when you took it, you probably were thinking uh, rent, and you weren't thinking stealing, and therefore we have to charge him as if he's a renter, and let him pay for the renting. And and if it's a boat that nobody rents, it's a small uh, type of boat that's sitting in the dock, then he was really thinking of stealing it, and therefore he has to give it back as is, uh, without paying. Or you could say, or you could say, look, uh, both cases, we're talking about a boat that is supposed to be rented. And ha, the reason Rav said you have to pay, it all depends on the mindset. If you went in thinking that you're going to rent it, then you pay like a renter. 
And when Shmuel was talking about the, the whole, uh, you have to pay whatever went down in price. When you walked in thinking like you're going to steal, then you got to pay what it went down in price. So Rav and Shmuel not arguing, and they were talking about different things. Next, we learned in the Mishnah Gazal Matbeah if someone stole a coin and got punctured, you have to pay him a new coin. If someone stole a coin and the government canceled that currency, then you're exempt, you don't have to pay. And Amarav Hunan, Nistak, Nistak, when we say it was punctured, we actually mean it was punctured, and that's why you acquired it, because there was a change here. Nifsal, when we say it became invalid, Pesalatu Malchut, that's when the government canceled it out. Verav Yehuda Amar, Pesalatu Malchut, Nami, Hainu Nistak. Rav Yehuda would tell you that if the government canceled that currency, that's the same thing as being punctured. That's a change that you can tell. And there was and there was a change, and you acquired it, and therefore you have to pay whatever it was worth at the time of of the theft. So what's considered invalid according to Yudah? So this area canceled this currency, but you could still use that currency in a different a different country, different area, and therefore you can give it back to them and let them go use it over there. So Amadar of Hazdar of Huna, Lady Dachta Amat Nivsal Pesalatu Machut. So Rav Hazdar told Rav Huna. According to you, you say that nifsal means the, the government canceled that currency. Let's say fruits that rotted, wine that became sour. That's like the government canceling out the coin. It says in the Mishnah that you pay like at the time of the theft. So also over here, you should have to pay like at the time of the theft. Over there with the fruits and the wine, the whole flavor, the whole smell changed. It's something different. Over here, in regards to the coin, it didn't change. You can't tell the change. With the coin, there's nothing substantial. There's no physical evidence that something changed in the theft. And Amar de Rabbah de According to you, you hold that if that if the government cancelled the currency, that's the same thing as being punctured. In regards to teruma that became tame, that's like the the government cancelling out a currency, and still you could just give it back as is, meaning that's not a substantial change. Amarle, he told them, Nohatam, Lamin Karhezeka. By Teruma, you can't tell the change. You, uh, wine looks like wine. How am I supposed to tell if it's Tame or not? Meaning, this wheat looks the same as any other wheat. Over here, in regards to the coin that became invalid, you could right away tell the, the, the damage because this coin doesn't look like every other coin. Other coins that are usable, this coin is not usable. And itmar hamalvet havero al If someone uh, lent out his friend, let's say he gave him uh, merchandise to sell, he gave him wheat to go sell this, and he told him, okay, you have to pay me a certain amount after a certain amount of time. Now, in the meantime, the currency got cancelled out. However, there is some other country that still uses this currency. So, Rav Amar. Rav says you pay him the currency that's going on at the time, whatever the, the wheat was worth based on the currency right now, and you give him that, 
ושמואל אמר, יכול לומר לו, לך הוציאו במשן. And Shmuel said, you can go spend it in Meshan. Meaning go to that place where the currency works, spend it over there. And Tosfor explains Rashid's shita, that the mahloka between Rav and Shmuel is where he lent him out merchandise, he told him to pay a certain amount of money. But if he lent him out a certain amount of money, he has to pay that exact currency, even though that currency is invalid. That's in regards to merchandise. When it comes to money, if you lend them out money, you have to pay them back money that's current at that time. And the reason they mentioned the whole merchandise case is usually when people give merchandise, they say you have to pay back in 90 days, in 60 days. But they don't set a certain amount, meaning they don't say you have to pay me based on this currency and that currency, and that's why they mentioned this way. Now, Tosfot says there's no difference between uh, a sale or merchandise it just, you have to be careful with the language of the contract and say that you have to pay me based on the currency at the time of the payment. Now, that's uh, Rashid, that's what, uh, according to Ri, he lent him out to wheat and told him either pay me with wheat or with money, one or the other. And because there wasn't a real loan over here, according to Rav, you have to pay him the worth of the wheat at with the currency at the time. If you choose to pay with currency, you have to pay with the currency current at the time. Now, according to everyone, if you lend them out money, you pay them back the same exact currency, even if the currency is invalid. And that's different than a thief. With the thief, we tell him to pay back whatever it was worth at the time of the theft. Over here, it's different. With the thief, we're saying you acquired it at the time of uh, of the whenever the, when the change happened or whenever the change of possession happened. You acquired it, and now you have to pay whatever it's worth then. So even if the currency changes, well, too bad on the thief, you already acquired it, and therefore you have to pay for it, whatever it was at the time of the, of the theft. And Amar of Nahman, Mr. Bram, Shmuel, Shmuel makes sense, they eat le orha le mezalimeshalan, abalet le orha lo. Rav Nachman explains, Shmuel's shita, where you get time to go back to Meshan and spend the money there, that works if he has a way to get to Meshan. But if if it, there's no chance of him getting to Meshan, then you can't do that with him. Rather, you have to pay him the currency that's current at the place. And the Rashba explains, it's because that's, mon- not, that's not money to him. If I can't get to that place, that's not money to me. That's not a currency that I could use. Therefore, it just uh, it doesn't count. And the Ravad explains uh, the same sort of thing, where when I give you money, I expect to get money that I could use. If I can't use this money, that's not uh, that's not called paying me back. Now, it says, You cannot redeem a Ma'asir Sheni money with coins that are not used in Yerushalayim. Ketzad. If a person had the old Ben Koziba coins that are now not current in Yerushalayim, or original kings, in Mehalin, you cannot redeem Masashini money on that. By the way, you know, she has another explanation on the word Kozebiyot, uh, it's from place Kezib, some either money that you cannot use in Yerushalayim, you, you can't redeem. Now, now, if it's current currency, but it's like the old money where it doesn't work over here, but they do work other places, you can redeem. 
Now, even though you have to take this money and go somewhere else, it's still good. Now, this goes against uh, Rav Nahman's Perush and Shmuel, that if you have to take the money somewhere else, it's no good. So Amar Leir, Rav Nahman responded, Hacha askinan. What are we talking about in the case of Maser Shini? That's if countries are not uh, particular with one another, they'll let you use other currency in different places, that's not a problem. Even and Rav Nachman would agree that since you can go from one country to another, that's con- that's still considered money. But the real question is, if Shmuel was talking about a situation where uh, countries are uh, are particular with one another, not to use the currency in different countries, how could you give him this money that you can't use here? That you could use over there. How can you just tell them, I'll go use it over there? So the explains, We're talking about a situation where you can bring it from one country to another, but you have to hide it, you have to be secretive about it. People, you know, security guards are not looking around for this type of currency. But if they do find it, they'll steal it, they'll take it away, or they'll get upset. Therefore, if he really needed to go to Meshan, Okay, you can go over there and get merchandise. But if he doesn't have to go to this place, Meshan, then the money is worthless. He can't show it to the people over here. You know, it's not considered money over here. So there is another question. You cannot redeem money on your Shalmi money, your Shalmi currency, when the money and the owner are in Babel. Since that money is worthless in Babel, and you cannot uh, you cannot use the Babel money when the money and the fruits are in Yerushalayim. Now here's the thing: and the interesting point is you cannot even use Yerushalmi money if it's outside Yerushalayim and and it's not money over here. So if it's not currency here, it's not currency at all. And we have to say the same thing in regards to money that's been cancelled. If it's not money here, it's not money at all. And you can't just tell a person to go to Meshan. The Gemara responds, What are we talking about? When countries are particular with one another, not to use the, the currency of a different country in this country, and they're looking and they're trying to take away, uh, trying to seize any money that's not from this country. And in that type of case, everyone would tell you that uh, it's not money over here. So Agma asks, Ihachi, if we're talking about countries that are particular to one another, then let's say you, you transfer the Kedushat to money of Babel, and you're in Babel. What are you going to do with that? You can't bring it to Yerushalayim to use in Yerushalayim. So the Gemara explains, Hazi, no, it, it is possible to use it. There's a vin behub behema. You can take that money, buy it in, buy a cow in Babel, and then bring that animal up to Yerushalayim. And the Rashba explains, in general, you can't do such a thing, but in Sha'at al-Dahak, in a situation like this, you have no choice. Like, there's another question. How could you say that we don't transfer Kedusha, money of Babel, if they're in Babel? Because of this type of situation, that you could use any currency in Yerushalayim. So then what's the problem? So Amar Bizera Lakashya Khan Bizman Shiyad Israel Takifalu Mota Aulam. 
when we said that you could use the Babel money in Yerushalayim, that's when Jews have the upper hand in Yerushalayim. Every Jew goes up to the Regal, even people from outside of Israel, and to, and to make it lenient, to make it easy for people. So we said, okay, all, all currency is good. Khan, but the Braitha that says you cannot transfer the Kedusha and money of Babel, that's that's when the Goyim are in charge over themselves, meaning over Israel. There's very little Jews, they couldn't get to Yerushalayim. The ones in Israel, in Israel didn't really need that Takana. That's the way the Rabad and the Meiri explain it. But there is a Rama uh, with the hair at the end that it was brought also the Shita Mikubet who explains the opposite that when Israel are in charge, they didn't need this Takana because there's no issue with the highways. It's easy to get to Yerushalayim. But when the Goyim are in charge, they made it hard to get into Eretz Israel. And that's when they made a Takana to accept all money in Yerushalayim. Meaning, when it was easy to get to Yerushalayim, people would just bring their fruits. But when it was hard to get to Yerushalayim, they said you could use any money to transfer the Kedushat for the, for the redemption. Interesting Mahloket. Tan Rabbanan, Ezu Matbashel Yerushalayim. What was the Yerushalayim coin? David and Shlomo mitzadehad. There was David and Shlomo on one side. I guess it was written David and Shlomo. Yerushalayim ira kodesh mitzadehad. And on the other side, it was written Yerushalayim ira kodesh. What was Abraham Avinu's coin? Zaken uzkena mitzadehad. It says Zaken and Zekena. Uh, it says uh, old man, old woman on one side, and on the other side of it, it showed a young uh, boy and young girl, meaning it's Hak and Ripka. And Tosafot explains it has to be uh, the words, it can't be actual uh, actual picture because you're not allowed to make a picture of a human being. And then the reason it, the, it says on the coin is because when Hashem said he was talking about that that currency is going to go all over the world with, uh, and everyone's going to know about Abraham, Yitzhak and his family. And the Ba'amine Rabbi Rav Hasda. Rabbi asked the question from Rav Hasda. Someone lent the money to his friend on a coin. Meaning he gave him merchandise, you have to pay me back a certain amount. But now the new coin is now a little bit heavier, it's worth more. Mahu, um, do you have to pay him more? How do you go about paying him? Meaning according to Rav, who said you have to give him based on the new uh, currency, well, that could be Ribit. So Amar Lorav has to explain to him, You give him the money that is current at the time, you don't have to worry about Ribit. And Amr Le and Rabbah asked, Vafilu Kinafya. Rabbah asked, that's even if they made it so heavy, it's as uh, it's as uh, heavy as a sifter. Amr Le told him, yeah, money's money. Amr Le, Afilu Kitratya. Even if they made it so heavy, it's like uh, a selah that's big and it's uh, and it's the size of uh, most of a cab. And Amr Le told him, yeah. But he told him, But because they made this coin thicker, meaning they made the currency worth more, fruits went down in price. And now with the same currency, you could buy more fruits. So really what you're paying back is more. And that's a problem. So Rav Asheh explained, we look, if the reason the fruits went down is because the, the money is worth more, then we t- um, we take it off the, the loan. 
meaning we have to figure out how to pay less in order to, to fit exactly what the loan is. But if the fruits went down in price because the fruits are worth less, let's say there's an abundance of fruits, there's so much fruit out there, so the, 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 the apples went down in price, then then we don't take away from, from the loan. The Gemara says, But let's say you take this coin and you melt it down into, into silver. It's now heavier and that's worth more. Now that's Rebit. Ela, we have to do a little bit different. You have to do kihad derav papa, derav huna bere derav Yoshua, avde uvda bezuze dagar demista ya'a. You have to do what Rav Papa and Rav Huna did with the money of this uh, Ishmaeli merchant named Agar Demis. There was a situation where, I guess, they, they got merchandise based on the old currency and the new currency was heavier. And they went to a money exchanger and they waited. They did 10 for 8. 10 of the old currency equals 8 of the new currency. And that's how they're able to figure out the math of how to pay back. And that's what you do, say If the difference is 8 to 10, then, okay, you give him the old coins. But if it's less, then you give him the current currency. And we will stop right here. Baruch Hashem le'olam. Amen ve'amen.